0: The following episode is intended for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. Good night, mates.
1: Ladies and gents, I am the fabulous Natalie. Joining me is the notorious Ricky Lee, and we're on this frequency brought to you by the Roe City Sound Podcast Network. Where we talk about being a unique human in the universe and everything that comes with it. Let's get started. Enjoy. Happy day, y'all. <laughs> Happy day. We are sitting here today with the wonderful Jasper from the copesthetic Podcast. So everyone, Hello. a little round of applause here for her today. Hi. And we have myself, we have Ricky Lee, we have Bartley on the sound. <mewing>, meow, meow. We also have... Big Brother Jake from the Big Brother Jake podcast in the studio. And we have our photographer, Ray. Meow, meow, so, meow, 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 Welcome, everyone. Yes. How are we?
2: Whew. We're ready. We're ready.
1: We're ready. We're <laughs> alive. And we're we ready. are alive. we're ready
2: to fuck some shit up. Yes. So I did want to open by talking about uh, a preview to what our main segment is actually going to be about. Okay. With Coming in from a holiday weekend, yesterday was the the 4th of July, Mm -hmm. and we're going to be discussing the bittersweet, but mostly bitter realities of what it took to build this country, right? As it declared its independence from an enormous powerhouse country, the wonderful Great Britain who I was complaining about last week. So Natalie and I actually spent the entire weekend, I think uh, maybe a total of like three consecutive days just like diving incredibly deep into the material that we've read throughout just our existence in general so we're also going to get some feedback from bartley um we asked him to watch the documentary 13th uh directed by ava duvernay who i one day will meet can i
0: object to the uh middle-aged white man i didn't say it out loud (laughs) (laughs) wow i I did I don't I'm not middle-aged yet. Like shots come on. Are not you 35? 35. <laughs> Aren't you 35? And I'm planning to live to like 80. Work.
3: I'm not middle-aged yet. What,
0: what okay. is considered middle age? I thought 30, I think it's in your
3: 40, your mid 40s. Okay, yeah, like 40s I 50s or 50s was, was middle age. Hey, that's You're pretty really, young though.
1: It is. Okay, my bet.
2: We have shots fired. a young
1: middle-aged 35-year-old.
2: Shots yes.
3: fired.
1: Okay.
2: Sorry, Bartley. <laughs> young man Bartley. Um, To get his feedback on what he thought about her piece, which uncovers the criminalization of African Americans and the U.S. prison system. Um, In tackling all of these subjects, it definitely resonated and kind of opened up that moment of rage that I had last week when we were talking about all the white content on Netflix um, in contrast to the limited content for people of color. So it was just like it opened that whole wound again, and I think that's what drove our like madness in rage our rage yes and in doing sadness. all of that yeah i think too. so
1: that's coming up <laughs> but yeah. that's a
2: good preview to to all what of that what we
1: got going on mhm so let's start this off by talking about our moments of rage right and listen some of you are going to come after me for this <laughs> In fact, all of my Instagram followers are going to come after me for this. But (laughs) that's okay. Because my moment of rage is post after post (laughs) of the Old Navy family. (laughs) And what I mean by that is the family of four dressing up in their Old Navy American flag t-shirts. From head to toe, though, right? Yes. From head to toe. Shit
3: balls. <laughs> and flip flops. Uh, the
1: flip-flops. And the headbands and the whole shabing, right? And I get it. I understand. I understand. I get why and I get the, the the patriotism and and all of that, right? But consider this, okay? And I want everyone to understand several things here, right? We live in a consumer culture, mm. And we have an excess of everything. And one of the biggest things is clothing, mm. right? And so I know that the Old Navy t-shirt <laughs> for the 4th of July is $5. It's very <laughs> inexpensive. And you're going to dress up your family this way for the next 20 years. And the dog. And the dog. Mm. And so what ends up happening, right, is that every year for however many decades, we're going to buy a new shirt <laughs> because Old Navy redesigns their 4th of July shirt. And then they put in the, the year, right? So you're not going to walk into 2022 with your 2017 T-shirt. Right. Okay? And so here's what happens. This is a fun fact. Every second the equivalent of one garbage truck of textiles is landfilled or burned. One truck per second to landfill. Like have trucks that come pick up our trash? Yes. Yes. Full. Okay. Damn. And so the average U.S. citizen, the average U.S. citizen, throws away seventy pounds of clothing and other textiles each year. Clothes do not biodegrade well in landfill. Mm. Okay. Landfills are the third largest source of methane emissions in the U.S., according to Environmental Protection Agency, contributing 18% of the country's total. Methane is generated in landfills as waste decomposes and is known to be 25 times more efficient than CO2 at trapping radiation, making it a huge global warming problem. So, not only do I feel personally that the Old Navy Fourth of July T-shirt is a little tacky, ooh, it's Mm. also environmentally (laughs) sad. So when we first
2: talked about this, you're like, I can't say that it's petty. Like, it's I'm not. There's no way I'm gonna say that. And I really wanted to understand like why this enraged you. And it wasn't (laughs) until you shared with me. Today, right. That's the that is the root cause of your actual rage. It's wasteful. It's wasteful. Very but wasteful. It, it is,
1: and it for t- for three hours that you're gonna wear this shirt.
3: <laughs> and it doesn't just like stop at Old Navy. It's like literally right. everything that the girl Fashion Nova and like. And then,
1: hmm. and we we can take it to that extreme where where Diplo wore <laughs> his nice little Fourth of July outfit, and it's like and and that's the tech because hold on after
2: she told me that
3: where?
1: it was a full body suit um but well
2: i just i'm like just she Diplo. told me that oh i kept dming her every picture that i found of <laughs> Th- people no, dressing that's up petty, like that but also Well, because not. i was because <laughs> yeah. then i started noticing it right now right? i was like yeah. oh dang this yeah. is a lot like okay i can see why yeah yeah she's in mean, I mean, it.
1: the kids look cute and it's adorable and they're all matching and shit it's fucking maybe i'm being a little hater <laughs> well, you know watch have, me have my family all you have four. to do is
0: not put the year on their shirt and then it's not so
1: and like, then we can wear it year by year right what
3: about vintage though
1: Mm, like why can't you
3: just be like this is in 2017 i'm cool isn't that what like the kids do that's
1: true you know what you do have a point there i'm gonna give you that one jasper <laughs> i'm gonna give you that one
3: but also but that's, that's not what the people are doing so like no. don't give them that one and,
1: and that's where i'm coming from when i'm saying this about consumer culture right is that we consume we consume we consume and it's gotten so bad in the most recent years because fast fashion that's and special. so now we wear a shirt once, it's inexpensive, $5, and then we throw it out. Right. And oh, um, no harm, no foul, throw it out. And then we think like, oh, we're being, um, we recycle. Or we, and we donate. To the, we donate, we give to Old right. Navy, or to Old Navy, I'm sorry, to the Goodwill, blah, blah, blah. But what, what people don't realize, out of sight, out of mind, a lot of the times the Goodwill has to also throw those donations into the trash because um molding and and it's not you're not able to resell it basically yeah. so that's my moment of rage
2: That was quite the moment i
1: know <laughs> but it
2: was a mild moment in comparison to everything else that we uncovered <laughs> because in preparing for this natalie and i were talking about you know obviously we're researching and discussing the injustices of our of our country right and I asked Natalie, I said, well, what kind of experiences have you had, um, you know, just being told like racist things or what would have been your, your experiences. experiences, which I was surprised that I had never really asked you that before or that we had never talked about it until this is coming up. So yeah. She proceeds to tell me a story. And as I'm listening to it, like I'm in complete and utter disbelief and I start to like give myself a panic attack. Yeah. Over it, because I'm not believing what's coming out of your mouth.
1: Right. Um, so, do you want me to share my, yeah. my moving experience? Or oh, which, wait. Which one yeah, do you want me do, to share? Okay, because there was two. Because the
2: moving experience, you told me after that first one. So, the move, Yes, Tell me, let's start so with you with the, the moving, moving one. one. Yes. Okay.
1: So, um, my husband and I moved to Rancho Cucamonga, and... Um our friends help us move, right? So we start moving our things. Um, we go up and down the stairs. you know, we have quite a few things so we make it takes us a few hours to get everything done. And and our friend notices the black neighbors that are coming out of the building, right? And so she notices quite a few, and she goes, "Do they offer section eight here?"
3: <laughs> what the f- okay? Wait, you know what? Is there a of friend Sorry, not sorry. What the fuck? Right? Are you? F- yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. Wow. And that was.
0: Wow.
1: Yes. Right. And and for the and for our listeners um, who aren't familiar with. Um, Rancho Cucamonga and the Inland Empire. Um, Rancho Cucamonga is 59% white. Right. They are um, 37% Hispanic and 10% black.
0: <laughs> and mostly upper middle class.
1: Yes. Right. So for her, and I'm going to say she's white and she's confused apparently oh do they offer section eight here and i was like but you didn't say anything what the fuck you do i even th- say to this and, I, say and i'm anything. like i don't say anything right because what the fuck am i supposed to say to that
0: uh right black people make money too
1: right yes right but, but when are- it's something like that i just feel that sometimes like you just get so you don't expect that your friend and I put it in quotes, is going to say something like that. You know what it I mean? It
3: truly catch you off guard.
1: And then, it, and that then you it's you just like, not what oh, you because You're like, shit, how do I process what this right now? Fuck? Right. Yes.
3: And we don't have conversations about how to talk about this stuff. No. No. Until recently.
1: Right. Right. Which is why this episode is very important to us.
2: It is important to us because also what inspired this episode was when I talked about my moment of rage last week, I felt weird talking about being upset that there weren't enough, you know, white shows on Netflix. I felt like, uh, like guilty about that. And we were exploring, well, why do you feel guilty or why do you feel this way? And it just comes down to me not feeling comfortable talking about these uncomfortable things with, you know, white folks. Because I'm afraid that, what, I'm going to uncover that, oh man, they're racist. Like somebody that I care about and I love really feels a certain way about me. And I don't even right. want to explore. I don't want to know what they really think about me, right? So that was kind of what, again, fueled all of this. And so
1: that's not even the story that that got me. So now. All right. So then uh, maybe less than three years, three or four years ago, uh, my husband and I go over to our friend's house. And our friends happen to be white. And we get into conversation and suddenly our friend nonchalantly is like my three to four-year-old daughter at at that time. his, His daughter that he's talking about. He's scared of black people. Or she's scared of black people. And this is why. I showed her a video of somebody in blackface. Look, let me show you what happens. Pulls up YouTube, shows um, somebody performing in blackface, shows the little girl that's three or four. Look, the little girl is mortified. She starts crying because she's scared of the blackface on the TV screen. And then and then my, our white friend continues to just laugh. And doesn't see what is happening that now he is traumatizing and now instilling in this little girl that she should be scared of black people. And I'm, and he's like showing, you know, myself, my husband. Unapologetically. Unapologetic, unapologetically, I would say. Because right. he wasn't seeing it as something bad. In fact, he was laughing it off. That's what I'm saying. Like Can he was I almost declaring question? it. Yeah.
3: So this makes me want to ask, because you have two now white friends who have in your presence been openly racist. Right. What kind of environment are you fostering as a friend where they feel comfortable enough to do that in your presence? Do you know what I mean? Right. And not to say that you're doing it on purpose and not to say that you aren't, but it's very important for you to look at. Like what's happening with me mm-hmm. that these people feel comfortable? Because I, for mm. me in my life, mm-hmm. I, I had a job where I was working at a bank mm-hmm. and we worked at a call center overnight and we lived in Las Vegas. Uh-huh. After the shift was done, we all decided to go to a bar.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: We're at the bar. Everyone's having drinks. Everyone's had like one shot at this point. And all of a sudden, every single person that I'm with, and these are all like light skinned. Is Hispanic the right word?
2: Hispanic, Latino, all of the above. is. So it was like
3: of different cultures and of different places, right? And they all started saying, Jasper's my nigga. And I'm like, well, why Mm -hmm. do you feel comfortable saying that to me? Oh, I see what
1: you're
2: saying. I don't
3: understand why you feel comfortable saying that to me. And to go back to your point, right, in the moment, I was like, this feels very uncomfortable. I'm just going to leave. Right. And then when I got into work the next day because they all sat around me, I was like, I told them how uncomfortable it made me, how it's not okay, and mm-hmm. why. Mm-hmm. But it's important that, like, you you cannot necessarily, um, you don't know what's going to come out of someone's mouth before they say it, you right. know what I mean? Right. You don't right. know where right. someone's going when they say, my child is terrified of black people. Obviously, mm-hmm. you're not raised by black people, so that's a possibility, right? right. But then, like, what kind of environment are you fostering after that? Like, are you mm-hmm. saying things or are you allowing these friendships to remain toxic? I are see. you allowing these people to remain openly racist and still be your friend? Like, right. there is no consequence to their actions. Right. Like, you know? we got
1: to hold these people accountable.
3: Yes. So,
1: Absolutely.
2: the reason why <clears throat> it enraged me is because I've known this this kid. He's been a friend of our families since we were young. Like, I know this person. I saw this person grow up. And I was just... Like infuri- I was infuriated because he, he directly influenced a child,
3: like a kid. And terrorized her with a caricature of what a black person is, not a literal black person on, on top of just all the problems. It's just totally fucked. And I was right.
2: hypersensitive to her telling me in that moment because I had just asked him to watch 13th and that documentary opens with an explanation of blackface and how they use that to scare all the white people, be like this is the type of behavior monstrous animalistic, this is how black people are, so the fact that I had that fresh in my mind, and then I hear her tell me that this this adult person is showing his kid that oh man like i i I had to smoke some weed because my heart rate just went up, and I thought I, I don't you know we mutually know this person and like you said like now what right right and that's what stems what we're talking about too because I don't feel I don't want to tell people I don't want to I haven't held anybody accountable when they say just terrible things and a lot of it has to do with maybe fear what are going to be the repercussions of me being open and frank and how is this going to affect me because they can tell me and I've had I can I have a Plenty of stories of that happened to me in the workplace and not wanting to say anything because I don't want to compromise my job. Right. I need my job, I need to make a living, so I'm just going to be quiet with this because I'm not willing to risk anything. I got to just stay in line. So it's
3: because I'm a plain spoken person, it's save your neck over advocating for the people that you love. Mm
2: hmm.
3: Yep.
0: I think that that whole story is messed up because. That's that's where racism comes from. It is taught from one generation to the next. Yep, it exactly. is not something that genetically is predispositioned disposition to you. Right.
2: You're taught that. You are taught
0: to be right. racist. Right. People right. people in the south like especially in in the southern states of America are mm-hmm. teaching their children to be racist. Right. Um and that's where that comes from. And so for him to openly teach his 4-year-old child to be scared of black that's that's where it starts right and now you started the cycle of of what's next like mm-hmm. how how far are you going to go like what's next for that child in their development right yeah in that in that mindset like yeah. i'm scared of black people now now what's next yeah yeah now i'm scared of brown people now yeah. i'm scared of asian people now i'm scared of mm-hmm. who, who, like who's next and right. what do
3: you do with that fear like right. now that that fear is instilled in you And this is where we get people walking down the street and getting shot and killed. Yes. Mm -hmm. This is where you get, like, someone feeling comfortable enough to yell nigger out of their window at a black child walking down the street. That is my experience. You know what I mean? Like, this is where you get, like, people following you around the store because you're inherently going to steal because you're black. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is where that comes from. Right.
0: Mm -hmm. And if it was one of my friends, I don't sugarcoat anything. I don't bullshit anybody, I'm calling you out if I see that. Right. 100%. Right, right. I'm, I am I. might, if I, if I can keep my cool long enough, gonna pull you in the other room and say like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. But if I can't keep my cool, I'm calling you out in front of everybody who's there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and putting you on blast because I have Latino people in my family. Direct first cousins that are Latino. Yeah. I have direct first cousins that are black. I have an uncle who is black. Mm-hmm. Like, that shit doesn't fly with me because now you're now you're talking about my family.
1: Right,
2: right, right. So when the George Floyd situation happened, um, so Jess, one of the filmmakers that we know, she's from Minneapolis, and so she was flying out there and, and documenting <clears throat> a lot of what was going on. Called us up one day and said, "Hey, can we do, um, can we do something to honor like a
1: positive black s- black."
2: families, images, and to honor those that have been, you know, slain to, you know, police violence like that. Mm-hmm. So we did, uh, we did a show, Sevier did a live set, we did all of the images with that, and we had someone on our team who was participating with that, mm-hmm. that was white, and when, I think it was the the immediate day after, he came back and he said, I can't participate with this anymore because I don't agree the images... That,
1: He was really uncomfortable with the images that were displayed.
2: Well, he interpreted the the images that we displayed as against police. Mm -hmm. We did not... There were no images on there that showed the police brutality happening. Right. All it was were images and still shots of people or getting together... But that to him, because he he knew why we were doing it, what initiated right. it, because of what happened with George Floyd. But none of those images yeah. were in any way, shape, or form yeah. negative.
1: Yeah, no, it was um, positive. Black role models, um, you know, people throughout look- history. Yeah, but right. like
3: you shouldn't have to justify. Like even if you showed images mm. direct from these places where police were being were being portrayed as what they are. Right fuck justifying that like are you kidding me so after he told us that we're
2: we kind of went into shock again too we were like oh okay well shoot it's the same individual who showed his kid that so not
3: surprising
2: well so no no Because now i know who you're talking about right but see but now now i feel when (laughs) since i learned that part of it like we we have to do something now now we have to say something not not that we should have from the beginning but again we were all and we Kind of just talked about it and agreed that, all right, well, he's not going to come back. He did hit us up a few months later and was like, hey, I'm down to come back. I want to help out. And we were just kind of like, it's cool. like, But we never had the discussion with him. We ne- None of that. Because it, it was just... And again, I'm like, there's no point. This guy's got it ingrained in his head a specific mm-hmm. way. To my point, look what but, he's showing his but, does,
0: but do, mm-hmm. Okay, but does he have it ingrained to, in his head to where he's not going to change? Like... If you don't give him the information to change, then he's not going to change. Because Information is
3: available to him, though. And, and the fact that he is rejecting the information, it's coming from multiple sources, multiple people of multiple backgrounds, mm-hmm. multiple places with multiple motives. Right. And we live in the generation mm-hmm. of information. It right. is not Ricky's job. It is not Natalie's job, my job, your job. It's not our job to educate people on things that are blatantly in their faces. Now, if you have the bandwidth and you can perfect, yeah. great, take the time to do that. I tend to have the bandwidth for conversations like this with people who seem like they are teachable, but the minute you come at me and you're like, yeah, but, or you're playing devil's advocate for a situation that is does not directly affect you negatively, I'm like, fuck that, because you don't want to learn. You don't want to see, you don't want to see. You choose to live in a reality where everybody has the same leg up in life, and that's not the case. right. Facts. Which we'll get into more later. Let's, just,
2: let's do a moments in love break. <laughs> Can we? Break. Please. Just a little Switching one. A little bit. <laughs> just a little baby <laughs> one. I love this song. My moment in love. So this past Friday, I think it was, I woke up a little discouraged and I was thinking like, man, this is going to be too hard to try to do all of this. You know, I left my job like, Odds are against me. This is not gonna happen. And then, I was in my feels about it. Later on that morning, I received two um, two packages. The first one that I got was a birthday gift from one of our followers, Anita, mm-hmm. and she gave me this really cool journal that says uh, is zen as fuck. Mm. Ooh, it's very interactive. Like mm-hmm. I totally dig it because like there's a bunch of stuff to read in it, and I started using it right away. And so it's a very encouraging. It's a journal for practicing the mindful art of not giving a shit, which I, which I always need help with, right? <laughs> and then the other gift that I got was from Rebecca. She got me this beautiful cup that says, hola, bonita, cute. with a cute little bird inside, and then a bunch of positive stickers. Oh, a oh, bunch of positive really stickers, yeah. and oh, I, like, I was like, oh and all it did was it affirmed, yeah, like, keep going. Like, this is what you got to do. Just get those thoughts out of the way and... You know, push on. So that was that was my moment in love.
3: P.S. The bird is green.
2: It
1: is green. Oh, it is. <laughs> the power of and green. we're all just wearing we're all green. of our listeners. We're all wearing green today, and this was yeah. not planned. So well, meaning like Ricky. Oh, Bartley is. Hey. Bartley is wearing green. We all got the green um, memo. Green. Jasper and Ricky are also wearing <laughs> green. So, um, so my moment in love, um, was uh, I was able to host, um. I guess I can call them my cousins. They're my mother's yeah, cousins, too. Yeah, they are, they are. My cousins by law. Yes. Mondo um, and Michelle came by to visit us. Ricky came by. My sister and her boyfriend came by. We had a nice little dinner party get-together. And it was so, so, so good to see them. I, Michelle, if you're listening, I miss you. And I'm really glad that you came by and blessed us with your presence yes. on Saturday. Because it was very much needed. Um, and... She was wearing a shirt that I had bought that same day, and then I'm wearing the shirt. You bought t- it the same day? I didn't know you bought um, it. The I same bought day. it that Saturday. Oh my God! And I'm wearing the shirt today, and then I'm wearing it. And Ricky's like, "I have the same shirt."
3: Get out! So That's we all so cute. have the
1: same shirt. So <laughs> Great to mind. add to my moment of love. <laughs> my
3: God!
0: Did you uh, add to your muumuu collection this week?
1: No, but I did find a
2: muumuu that I want. So I started kind of collecting <laughs> different types of
3: <laughs> where did the inspiration so now- <laughs> for mumus come from
2: my grandmother in having my little devotional to my ancestors I was just looking at a picture of my grandmother and I was remember one of my favorite memories of her was her wearing her mumu like after a long day on the ranch coming home taking a shower and then just seeing her in her and I was Chilling. like oh, I think I want to get one of those just to remember her like that so that's why and they're cool <laughs> as hell so and
3: I love it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So I wanted to start off the main segment, um, with a specific song. So, Bartley... Before
0: you put on this record, understand, this is for all of my ancestors who were raped, who were killed, and hung because of their plight for freedom and for dignity. They died for me, and they died for you. This is for them to know that, yes, even today... In 1992, we are still fired up and we're still talking about revolution.
2: So when I was a kid, I was obsessed with Arrested Development. And that was a song, Revolution, by Arrested Development. Um, I was sharing with Natalie... In, in having all of these discussions, I'm like, dang, why am I so worked up about all of this? Why am I so, like, just heated and filled with all of this energy to do something about it? I think it was a maybe, like, 10 episodes ago, we talked about discovering our purpose. And I shared a story about being in fifth grade and not uh, passing a history test and then having to write about the a new world. And... That was the first time that I felt passionate about history, not being told the truth about history in school, writing out a really powerful piece, and then delivering it, that to the class. So I was 10 years old when I did that. And I went to go find the tape because this is the actual, remember, my dad, like, recorded it on VHS. That's mm-hmm. why I won't get rid of this because it means a lot. Um... I didn't realize until I heard the song today that the song was released in 1992. In my mind, I thought I was like 15 years old, but I was 11 when this song came, came on, 11 years old. And I'll never forget listening to the opening itself and then just being so provoked by that. Like, dang, that's an opening. And because I had just studied about all of that the year before, that was adding a soundtrack, a modern-day soundtrack for me at that age everything that I had just learned mm-hmm. and I'm big on percussion like we talked about what are the, the instruments that appeal to us mm-hmm. so the percussion and the, the drums that came in mm-hmm. just amplified it even more as a kid right so now here we are again years later and I'm thinking man wh- what do I do with, with all of this conviction that I have now even more so that I have my own stories to contribute and my own pieces of of just adversity that Apply to some of this, yeah. So I thought that this would have been um, an appropriate song to open because it's still very much a reality where people of color are getting raped, killed, and hung, just in different ways and covered up and presented in a, in a more acceptable, very snide type of way. Um, but in researching again, we talked about why isn't there white content on Netflix, right? And what We discovered, because I didn't want to just say commentary and then not back it up with with facts, right? So we learned that the decision makers in film, media, and TV are 95% white. There's no way. Like, to get past that barrier, I get it. Like, I can't even be mad that there's nothing out there, Mm -hmm. like, at reach because, oh, okay, cool, well, that makes sense, 96%. Mm -hmm. How
3: am I going to get through that?
1: And this is why, I'm sorry, Jasper, were you going to say something?
3: I was just going to say, and the things that are available present us in these very, like, um, in these boxes that we cannot break out of in the media.
1: So um, to add to this, um, one of our um, content recommendations is going to be this book, White Fragility, and why it's so hard for white people to talk about racism by Robin DiAngelo, who is a white woman, right? Um, So to add to what uh, Jasper and Ricky are saying here is that Mainstream U.S. culture gives us information we need to have. It does not give us the information that we need to have the nuanced understanding or arguably the most complex and enduring social dynamic mm. of the last several hundred years. And to further the statistic that Ricky just gave about um, the decision makers um, that feed us content, right? Um in 2016, 2017, these are the numbers. The 10 richest Americans are 100% white, seven of whom are among the 10 richest in the world.
2: In the world? Seven out of those 10?
1: Yes. Got are it. The 10 richest in the world. The US Congress is 90% white. The US governors, 90 per six, 96% white. The top military advisors, 100% white. The president and the vice president, 100% white. The U.S. House Freedom Caucus, 99% white. The current U.S. presidential cabinet, 91% white. People who decide which TV shows we see, 93% white. People who decide which books we read, 90% white. People who decide which news is covered, 85% white. Oh, there's a little dip. (laughs) People who decide which music is produced, 95% white. That part. People who directed the 100 top grossing films of all time worldwide, 95% white. Teachers, 82% white. Full-time college professors, 84% white. And lastly, owners of men's professional football teams, 97% white and these are 2016 2017 um, statistics but um, it's 2021 i don't think much has changed right Mm-mm. and it just it also poses this question or fact that we have to do our part of continually questioning learning and unlearning the information the information that is fed to us because what we watch on TV, the food that we're fed, the information from our white professor is—it could be biased. It could be. It could be. I feel like ag- it is biased, right? Yeah. It one hundred percent is biased, right? It's an, it, it's there's an agenda behind it. Hell yes. And and we become so complacent of like, oh, I got my education from so and so, and it's fine, and I'm gonna and whatever this person says is fact. Well, yeah, but. Keep reading. Keep researching. Well, why isn't there more Netflix TV shows about people that look like me? About my ex- my um, my brown experience, my black experience, all of these things.
0: And the uh, the Supreme Court, the highest court in the land, mm. has nine justices on it. Seven which are white.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Clarence Thomas is a Clarence. Yeah,
0: well, he's a motherfucker. But. There's, there's another example where...
1: And, and, that, and, and then we get into systemic injustices, right? Because now uh, the system is not meant for black and brown people to thrive or to have a chance. Or, or to have... Um, we're not being advocated for. But that's why I think Friday morning when I woke up, I'm like, there's
2: no fucking way this is going to work. How are we going to build a business when every attempt that we're going to make, like it's just you're going against the grain?
1: Yeah, it's, and it's difficult when you, you know, I myself and Mike, we look at numbers all day long and where we like to, we know about money and we understand money and, and the power that that holds. And it's really heartbreaking to realize that what you just said ricky of like there's just how are we gonna get how are we gonna get there everything is built against right
2: that's why when they say the system is broken no that's how it was designed built and executed it's working perfectly fine it's not broken it's working perfectly fine and it works on
1: its own hell yeah yes just take like a little pull, like let me bring my heart right back down i feel like the down.
0: constitution if it was going to be real and, and up front should say we the people if we're white yes in order to for, you know th- that's right. how the constitution should start instead of saying you know we the people <laughs> including everybody it should say we the people minus this race group this race group and this race but group but
3: that was implied You know what I mean? No, I know. I get that. Totally implied. But that's the thing about this whole systemic thing is it's always implications. It's always like we can't necessarily tie it back to a concrete thing, but here's the implication of this and here's the implication of that because it's something that you can hide behind.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like a blanket. Let me just put the constitutional blanket on. Mm -hmm.
3: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I didn't openly say not you, person of color here It's like, no, but it's implied because of the the culture that you foster. If you help a black student as a teacher, then you're... If you help a black student as a teacher and the rule of thumb is that the black students, we don't give a fuck about them, then that ostracizes you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, that puts a target Mm -hmm. on you. And that goes back to, it's me over fighting and advocating for you. Right. It's like, I think... Like hearing hear, I appreciate your honesty and I appreciate your honesty, but hearing you guys say that really like fucked with me, like in a mm. very real way, because it's like Wait, well, what part? Like about how you're afraid to speak up when mm. you see when Self you when something happens. Versus,
0: yeah. versus like sticking up for somebody. And yeah. it's
3: not something that I have it's not something that I have an express pass on and especially like we get into, like, colorism and the fact that you're lighter skinned than right. Natalie. So, like, mm-hmm. automatically it's going to look worse if Natalie does it than if you do it. Right. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, we get into all that stuff. But mm-hmm. the thing that I'm saying is, like, I think the thing that I'm trying to say is, like, being being a person who cannot, like, step outside of that that boundary of race and then hearing that it's me over-advocating for you, like, that does damage. It does
2: do damage. And here's the strange thing, right? Because I'm, I've been more likely to help strangers, people that I don't know, right? No problem, I can do that. But I don't know, like, in this case. I don't e- I don't even know how to process that. I don't right. know how to, like, like yeah. what do we do, right? I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to really... <sighs>
1: And I guess that's where it becomes difficult to have conversations like this and people would rather just like, never mind, forget it. And we don't- It's not going to make a difference. We don't confront people about it. Like just how I was giving you my examples of the two scenarios that I had earlier. Like, well, what do you say? What do you do? And well, for one, like the shit catches me off guard. But then also all of the shit that I'm going to get or doing it after what do you mean well it be it becomes would you, were
0: you, would you be afraid if you lost that friend like is that what you're, you're no i believe about? i like,
1: would be afraid for my life more than afraid of losing a friendship because so in that original scenario that we gave um earlier right uh, about my experience i would say that initially i'm like oh shit what the fuck do i do now but now I tell my husband, like, you know what? I don't want to hang around these people. I feel uncomfortable. I don't, I don't, I just can't fuck with people that are like this. Right. But it goes back again to, like, we need to do something about it. We need to let these people know and hold them accountable for their bullshit. Right. Because
2: I remember when the pres- the election with Trump. Okay. And I was nervous as hell. Because I was looking at Barley like, is this full of Trump supporter? And what are we going to do if he is? And what are we going to do if he just tells us that he's not what he really is? Right. Right? And I remember, because I asked you. Remember, I was like, so who did you vote for? And I was, I didn't want to ask. Because, again, I didn't want to know the truth. I was like, fuck. Now what am I going to do if I know the truth about him, right? And you said, no, I didn't, right? So I'm like, all right, cool. He didn't vote for him, right? And I... It, if I remember correctly, you said I didn't vote for anybody.
0: I didn't vote for either of the two main candidates that were in the election. I voted for a third party.
2: So, when I was sharing that with Severe, I was like, "No, it's cool. He didn't vote for Trump. He voted for you know third, third party. party." And he's like, "That doesn't.
3: That's not going to help anybody." It doesn't help, but then the whole system doesn't help. So it
2: doesn't. Okay, but see, so that part where, like.
0: But I direct, so I'm a registered Republican. You guys know this, right? <laughs> I direct, Woo, that just set my blood a-boiling. But, but but I voted against my party because I felt like the candidate wasn't, like Trump wasn't... Um, a good human being? Well, for, Yeah, but he wasn't the candidate. He wasn't um, representing the party being. in a way that I felt comfortable voting for him, right? In all his racist bullshit that he was doing, I'm like, I'm not voting Republican if this is the guy... Like, we're, we're voting for You know what I mean? So that's why I didn't vote Republican. Right. So in a way, that did help because I that's that's a vote that he didn't get.
2: But so that's how I feel where it's like Natalie and I are like, okay, cool. Well, we're not going to talk to these people anymore. But, that but we're also help. not going to say anything. It doesn't help, right? Because we're not going to say anything. It does
3: not help because then they don't understand why you're not talking to them. It becomes a very like, well, fuck Ricky. But it's like, right? Eh, you, you don't even understand like the whole nuance around like the listen i get what you're saying and i get what you're saying but i don't because for me personally i am the kind of person where if there is an injustice happening in front of me i mm-hmm. will say something about it for mm-hmm. instance i was at a uh, at a show in a fucking at a fair and these older women were taking a belly dancing class there were two women with very flat stomachs and the rest of them did not have flat stomachs. And I don't know if you know, but when you're belly dancing, the shit goes underneath your stomach. (laughs) So there's this man sitting in front of me and he's like, oh, I'm glad that's not my wife. She's really fat. She's so ugly, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Mm. excuse me, sir, do you know how fucked up you sound right now? Like, I don't give a fuck. And I think like that's the level of I don't give a fuckness that we need to have for like people who receive heat like for existing Like that same fire that I had for that, I have for my trans and non-binary friends. I have for my friends who are darker skinned than me. I have for the Asian folks who are now experiencing exponential amounts of like racist bullshit, like for Mm -hmm. everybody gets to smoke. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. like, if we're gonna be people who have integrity, then we need to figure it out for you, what works for you. Like you're not gonna catch me out there like protesting on the front lines because that's just not my fight. I don't have the energy for that, that's not my thing. But better fucking believe that if you come into my presence and you say some bullshit,
0: mm-hmm.
3: it's over for you. Yeah. So, like, also figure out, like, what works for you when you're advocating for people because, like, that's important. Like, you have yeah. to be able to have longevity. In you're this a millennial, life. right? Am I? I think I you born are. I in 1991. Yeah, you're a
1: millennial. I don't know oh, who. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I don't know who, <laughs> I forgot about who
2: we were talking to that was mentioning, like, because I'm Gen X. Right. Right? And so growing up, it was... Don't say anything. Right. Don't cause problems. You right. You just live life, like, stay under the radar. Yeah. Because you got to get ahead. everybody hates Chris. <laughs> right. Stay under the radar, right? <laughs> right. So that's, I would say, a, a challenge for people in my generation. Right. Millennials have this fire. I, I feel like you guys have the ability to harness everything that the generations previous to that didn't necessarily... Or could explore to their fullest capacity. And so that's the most significant thing with what millennials, in my opinion, have to offer. Because they're very unapologetic, right? I go back to, yes. like, how <laughs> things should be. And it's got to be like this, that, or the other. And I'm like, okay. But that's important in in making change
3: and in moving forward. I think forward. it's important. I think, like, just how... Just how oppression should not be our identity as people of color, like, we, we should acknowledge it, but we should not let it be who we are, right? Like, you can say, I am of this generation, but does that have to be who you are?
2: Mm. I think then, it's a big like,
3: part of who you are, your generation, though. It is to an extent, but it's like, are you going to allow that to hinder your growth?
2: Well, the opposite could be said, are you going to allow that to expand your growth, right? Because you're taking all of the adversity and you're taking all of those experiences from that time that you took from the generation previous right. to that and now it's just like transferring it and then like letting it, transferring it to the next generation so that it all just does one good continuous thing. That's how it should be. Because you don't want to be the bad part of your generation. But how do you take what you have learned as a result of what you experienced in your generation and like I said, transfer it to the next so you make it better?
3: I mean, to me it's all about Pushing boundaries within yourself and within your environment.
2: Yeah, because yeah. if you don't do it with yourself, you're not gonna do it with anybody else. No. Hell no. But again, I don't come from the generation that encourages you to do that, which is well,
3: what? Ricky. God damn it, you got <laughs> me in your corner. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, but but despite that, yeah. despite that, even though, and you and I had this conversation when you did uh, a reading for me, where you said that I was gonna be the one in my family who broke those
3: generational. Um, what did you call it? the generational, people call them generational curses, generational patterns, generational bullshit.
2: Right. Yeah. That it was going to be me in the the dominant family of males that I come from that was actually going to be the one that makes those changes. Yeah. So that's, again, also understanding everything I've experienced and, my, and say, okay, cool, like let's make that that difference. You have that awareness, and then you try to take specific actions, like just doing this in itself, talking about this now, having a podcast, wanting to reach out, studying, and, and bringing all this...
1: Mm-hmm. that's the awareness and the light and trying to make the change and that's having right. the discussion like how can I step into my power and what can I do to create change to create awareness to stand up for you and for others that are not being um, that there is no justice for
3: right how do y'all feel
2: I'm honestly exhausted and I wish that I could be giving more to this but, the like, the last three days alone mm-hmm. and just everything leading up to this moment, you just, you, to a degree, like, feel hopeless and just, like, again, the odds are against you. Like, this is, there's no fucking way that we're going to make a difference. This is impossible.
1: This is... But we have to have the hope that we yeah. will make the change and that it is coming and that there is a solution. We have to search it. I mean search for it there
3: are changes that are being implemented right now like Mm -hmm. there are changes that are seen right now in the way that we vote like aoc has Mm. a spot in congress and like Mm -hmm. you have people who are openly wearing hijabs you have Mm -hmm. now transgender people who are representatives you have Mm -hmm. people you have people of like all different persuasions now feeling emboldened to take positions of power Mm. and you have the people who are voting for them who are like you know what Fuck voting for that same old bullshit. I'm going to vote for something different. Yeah. That's why people voted for Donald Trump. I mean, that motherfucker was trash from jump. And Mm -hmm. like, you know, probably shouldn't have did that. But like, (laughs) but that's like change in action. Like all of this stuff is change in action. Like all of it. It's shaking shit up. It's like changing systems. And it's like you can do something. If you speak up to this person who showed his kid a fucking caricature of a person in blackface Mm -hmm. to terrorize his child, Mm -hmm. if you could say something to that person, right, Mm -hmm. and, like, change his perspective, then you change automatically the next generation's perspective. Just by touching that one person and being able to affect change in that one person.
1: Do you think that... So let's say that we had this this set of conversation with said person about what he did right um the blackface example and because that was my our question ricky and i right well what if we're saying all of this and he just goes yeah 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 you know what you're right i'm gonna make a change just to please us Mm -hmm. so then how do we know that we actually impacted this person
3: the thing is is like when you're doing anything Mm
1: -hmm. like Mm -hmm. even me and my
3: healing work I can give you the things, but it's up to you to implement them. It's mm. not up to me to monitor your journey. I if you to turn say. out to be a, a trash human being and you don't really do the things, you're not a person of integrity, you have no place in my life.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Because now I know where you stand.
1: Right. And right. now you've
3: shown me mm-hmm. like, how low of a being you are, mm-hmm. and it's like, no.
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
3: And
0: I think in that. your example, Natalie, you'll see the results in his child. Yeah, you'll see how she grows up, and if she continues to be scared of black people, or right. has that stigma still in her life, or did something change? Did, right, did something change in her life to where now she's different? She didn't take that that instance of trauma right. and let it stick with her. She, you know, was able to open herself up to mm-hmm. those relationships. You mm-hmm. know
1: what I mean? Yeah, because the father at this point is helping her. Reverse that, or retell this right. narrative. Cultivate right?
0: a healthy, <laughs> um, a healthy view on just people in general. It's not just yeah. you know, it's not just black people. It's right. everybody. Like, yeah. you got to cultivate that that relationship, or that that view of everyone in the same light, instead of this person in one light and this person in the other light. So mm-hmm. you would see that in his child mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. she grows up. Mm-hmm. Now, if you see it's still there's still remnants of it, then you know that he. Yeah. You.
2: Right. So let, I have an idea because <laughs> this is all great, but mm-hmm. this is not telling me how to deal with this exactly with him. So let's, what if we did this, right? Okay. We invite him over one day here to the house with his, with his kids, mm. him and his kids. And then Rose City Sound is a diverse crowd okay. and we bring him here and we have the conversation with him. Like this is, this is terrible what you just did. And Mm -hmm. we all converse as adults. Mm -hmm. Kids are outside, Mm -hmm. right? But then once we all talk and depending on how he reacts to that, Mm -hmm. then you bring the kids in. Because what good is it that you're going to tell him, like you said, he's going to go home and not.
1: Oh, I see.
2: But now these kids are going to be in front of the same people that he was teaching them to be afraid of. Mm -hmm. Now they're going to have a point of reference where it's like, okay, I'm around these types of people and there's nothing wrong. Everything is okay. Here's a safe environment. They're playing music. We're having fun. We're engaging. It's fine. Mm. Like that's what I mean by like the types of actions that would have that in for me that I would want to take, instead of just saying, hey bro, you're wrong with this. This is totally wrong. Bye. And I'm never gonna talk to you again because you're a shit bag of a human being. Yeah. Right? The answer, in my opinion, to that would be bring them over and we all have the discussion. Yeah. Like, are you in or you out? If you're in, yeah, cool. We're going to bring your kids in here, and we're all going to
3: interact together. Mm-hmm. But then you have to be mindful also of, because it wasn't about you. It wasn't about you or you. It was about a black person. So you have to be mindful of not tokenizing and the black person and not using them as like a, a litmus test. Because explain then that. you're doing the same. They explain the tokenizing. Because... You're like, oh, here's a safe black person like that you mm. can be around and blah, blah, blah. And it's mm. like you're using that person right. to convey a sense of safety rather than genuinely like, naturally bringing them into an environment where there are black people and where they are safe. But that's my point, though. How the hell are they going to get exposed to a
2: natural environment like that when that's
3: not... So don't bring the kids over. Bring the guy. Have the conversation with him. And if he turns out to be like, yo, I hear you, I see you, and you know what? I don't necessarily know how to do better, but show me, teach me, like, mm. like call me in and hold me accountable. Great. Now your kids can come over, and we can have a, we can just be in an environment where everybody yeah, that feels No, you're right. Like that's how
2: you would. Yeah, I,
3: that I shouldn't. It's okay. Doing it all in one day. But that's the thing, right? We're yes. supposed to have these conversations. Yes. If we don't have these conversations, even if they're uncomfortable, even if I'm saying something where every single black person who listens to this is like, "Fuck," what she's saying. Yeah. That's irrelevant. Right. What matters is that we are showing people, here's how you try to have a conversation. Yeah, because
2: at this point, I don't care about him at all. At this point, the only thing that I'm thinking about is the, the types of examples that this kid is going to have. How right. do you erase that, what she saw, and then put her in front of, which, again, I don't think she's ever going to have that type of exposure just because of the way he is, who he is, right. and the lack of those types of relationships around him. That's all I'm thinking about is
3: her. Right. That's where the shit gets messy.
1: It is. But this is why we're here. Because we want to put the mess out there. Are
3: you okay? Yeah. You're,
1: you're, you're covering your body. I'm cold. Okay. <laughs> I'm just
3: making sure that you're okay.
1: I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. No, I'm good. We have to continue having this conversation. <laughs> hmm me and Ricky um,
0: are over here sweating. You're over here. I'm
1: like freezing. Just stop the fan from going over there. Just give it to me. This is my bra's a little like it's not like <laughs> like it's not padded, so like I don't want to show my nipples over here to so Bart- Bartley Bartley and I were just talking about nipples so, and male nipples. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but all of a
3: sudden, I'm very uncomfortable with my nipples. <laughs> no, Jesus,
1: it's good. You know what? We're ladies, and the nipples are a thing. Hey, friends. This is Natalie checking back in thank you so much for listening to our episode we the people due to the length of our conversation we have made this a two-part episode and we'll be releasing the second half of our conversation soon so be on the lookout turn those notifications on to stay on top of the conversation as always increase the peace y'all